Are you guys gonna be chilling for a little bit? Yeah? If you get a random chance, will you just see what time, like if that goes up to 30 minutes for me? You don't have to sit there, like if you get a random chance. What? He'll do it. Unless, if you could just keep an eye on the screen once it says 30 minutes, just let me know. So thanks. You're scared of the chair? Yeah, it's it's hard to get up here. Like I feel like I'm gonna tip it over. Yeah. And it also feels like the uh, like the fabric is gonna break. Like I'm gonna <laughs> fall through it. How, how heavy are you? 182. Dude, we almost weigh the same yeah. weight. <laughs> That's crazy. You I'm, got it all in your legs though. Yeah, I'm sturdy. That's cool, dude. Mm -hmm. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Counter Culture Podcast. I am here with Colton Mertens, muscle hamster. What'd you say? The muscle hamster. The muscle hamster? Yeah. Colton, what do you do? Oh, uh, well, I raise pigs, uh, play with my wieners, and I do CrossFit. <laughs> Five wiener dogs, and we have litters once in a while. Hopefully we'll have one in like a couple months. But yeah, just hang out with them, feed the pigs, and try and get as fit as I can. Heck yeah, dude. So Colton is a CrossFit Games athlete, super fit dude. Um, but. Dude, I think one of the coolest things about you that I've seen because I pay attention to your content is that you're actually a normal fucking person too. Yeah, normal-ish. Um, I'm not. There's a lot of things about me that aren't super normal, but I'm normal in the fact that like I have a a job and I take care of all my own stuff, and then I'm also like a CrossFit Games athlete. So for a lot of these guys that I'm competing against, they're training full time, and they're at like a training camp and have all the coaches and everything, and. I go to the farm every day and then come home and train alone in my garage and so I think a lot of people resonate with that and especially like blue collar people who are doing manual labor jobs and who also do CrossFit because they really understand like how hard it can be to get yourself into the gym after like a long day of just working on your feet and but yeah that's what I do. Yeah how do you manage to do that because the stuff that you do is like actual labor and then on top of that you have to actually do a physically demanding second job which is being a crossfit games athlete what's that life like how do you fit it in i'm um, just my best attribute is i'm just really stubborn so i just <laughs> like um, a lot of people when i graduated college and i decided to go farm and also wanted to compete in crossfit i would tell them that was kind of the plan and they would look at me like okay that's kind of crazy like you're not gonna make it doing that um and it was hard for several years um i used to have to work a lot longer hours on the farm and i mean in the summers and we're in the fields and things like that there was days there was like 5 a.m to 9 p.m and then i go home and train in the shed afterwards jeez but um yeah i just i didn't quit because i'm just stubborn and yeah it's been slowly bit by bit paying off so did you grow up on a farm yeah so i'm i'll be the fifth generation of merton's farms in southeast iowa i think the farm's been there for around 110 years holy crap dude what yeah. That's wild. What is, so what exactly do you guys do on the farm? It's a pig farm? Yeah, but we do. So we have pigs, cows, and we grow corn and soybeans. And, I mean, uh, the farm's changed a lot over the years, just adapting with, like, each generation that comes along and just with uh, the climate along agriculture. Like, uh, we actually used to raise bison on the farm when my grandpa was, was uh, farming it. I remember, uh, like, farming the bison when I was a small kid. But um, then we kind of got dig into pigs and pulled back on cropland and got away from cows but now we've got we pulled back on pigs a little bit have a lot more cropland and a few cows too so 
I mean, it's busy. My uncle, I mean, my brother, he raises dogs, and I raise some dogs at home as well. And um, in the future, I'd like to get some pasture pigs, start raising them, and just kind of keep growing and expanding it, because, you know, to try and just, like, fit room for my brother and I and even yeah. my cousins to grow into the farm and be able to create enough business and revenue for us all to be doing it full-time rather than, like we see on a lot of farms, is, like, the older generation will... I mean, they just don't retire. They farm until yeah. they die. So, I mean, if they're <laughs> 75, 80 years old, still farming, running the tractor and managing everything, then the next generation, I mean, they might not get to farm and like actually take things over until sure. they're in their 50s or 60s. Um, and they might have to have another job in town. So ideally we could get enough business going with the farm so to just fit the whole family in. So that's kind of some things that I'm thinking about long-term. So, yeah, I've heard that like farming business is actually really, pretty rough. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, you have to, there's just so many different things that you have to understand and kind of deal with. And I mean, you have to be able to manage people if you have hired hands. You have to obviously know like how to manage the livestock and all the work that comes along with that. And you're subject to, you know, the market prices and you know, you have to buy at retail and you sell it wholesale. And, you know, you, yeah, you go and get to make your prices. It's whatever the market is doing. And a lot of factors can come into play, like, uh, you know, crop disease or drought or things like that. And it's just like a lot of people are good at farming, but they might not be so good at the business end and managing your finances. And something that's just really important is like knowing where your money's going and having a plan for the future and like actually really looking at things and running it like a business. Because a lot of farmers don't want to be like a business man or a business manager they just want to farm but i mean you have to be able to do both is that like so for most farmers is it like they're passionate about agriculture and like animals farming all that stuff and like so they don't really look at it like you're saying in a business mindset because they're just passionate about it yeah exactly they they like farming and then like the paperwork and business something they like oh shit I, I gotta go do this and you know if they're not paying attention to that then it's hard to keep a, a farm around for five generations and even another difficult thing is just like, uh, you know, sometimes the kids on the farm don't want to come back and uh, work on the farm. So, I mean, part of it is like just luck. You know, some people have interests outside of the farm, but also yeah. trying to create an environment where like they feel like there's a spot for them, where they feel, feel valuable, where they enjoy farming and kind of working with the family, which can be a pretty delicate balance as well. Because a lot of farms are family farms, so it's it can be difficult like working with your family sometimes. But yeah, oh yeah, it's something you gotta try and manage. Got it, dude. That's crazy. Did your parents put you to work pretty early? Yeah, I mean, as uh, young as I can remember, my brother and I would go like through the, the the pig pens when they were babies, and like we'd water them, feed them, sort out the small ones, just like simple jobs like that. Then you go to like mowing grass, and as you get older, you get more and more responsibility. But um, yeah, like we never just had like a summers where we just like hung out around the house i mean we would go and play with friends and stuff but we'd also have a lot of farm work to do all the time you weren't some lazy bozos just playing xbox yeah. all night yeah we weren't allowed to just play xbox all the time we stayed up late we had to pay for it the next day and we yeah. get up early and go do chores yeah so you're an actual midwest boy right iowa yep southeast yeah. iowa it's crazy dude can you see this might be an odd question but can you see a difference between like for me, right, when I like travel out to California, New York or whatever, when I go see other areas, I can tell a distinct difference between like work ethic or even like the manners of certain people. Like being in Miami, 
dude, the people here, I'm like, I do not like them. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, we're at the, we're at the whole foods and everyone's bumping dude, into me exactly. and shit. Yeah. And I literally like, I looked at one girl as she walked by. I'm like, I'm fucking over this dude. I'm done. I'm leaving. And then Heather goes, don't give up yet. We need to check out. I'm like, I'm <laughs> almost ready to just kick it. And, uh, one woman said, um, said, excuse me to me. And I looked at her and I go, you're the first person to say that. Thank you so much. She goes, it's crazy in here, I know. Do you notice the difference? Yeah, like the biggest thing is like, I think it comes down to like personal space and how people view it. Like in the Midwest, um, like we're not crowded in traffic and things like that. And like, you don't just like, if you're in a grocery store or whatever, or a gas station, like you kind of keep your distance just because we have space and we like our personal space. Yeah. But I mean, here's like people are like, like, dude, why are you like? Yeah. You're about to be touching me right now. Like, right. get it, get away. Yeah. Just, why are you rubbing my butt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's way different. People are definitely. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's like maybe more rude, but definitely like, maybe not as uh, I don't know, not as polite. Yeah. Um, as the, most people in the Midwest are pretty polite and nice to you, and um, yeah, there's definitely like a lot more people here who are like, oh fuck it, I don't care. Like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which is yeah, it's super interesting to me because like. I actually, for the most part, I really like New York. Mm. I like the pace of New York, but the difference of the people, same thing. Like you look at somebody and you like do like the head nod or whatever, yeah. they go like this. Like immediately, <laughs> they're like scared to talk to you. They just look down. So yeah, we're headed to New York next month. That's the only reason why I keep bringing that up. And I'm like, I'm getting prepared for it. Yeah. But how, how do you like come into these events and like having a bunch of people pop up to you and talk to you and like take pictures? Are you with it? Or are you kind of like, apprehensive towards it yeah i mean i i kind of hated it at first like i'm pretty introverted um but i've been trying to work on that like the past few years i've definitely gotten a lot better at it and i'm to a place now where i can really enjoy it and appreciate it and it's like taking pictures with people or hanging out and doing meet and greets is it's actually quite a bit of fun now and i just i have gotten a lot better at conversating and not just like answering questions with a yes or a no and then it's like yeah. being super awkward and uh, probably Savon has really pushed me to do that. Um, just from like, he was, I did several of his podcasts uh, when I was first coming up and I just realized like, I'm so bad at this and he's not gonna, him and nobody else is gonna <laughs> wanna talk to me if I don't get good at it. So then I really like was made it a Was it a you thing, like you realized it or did he say something? Uh, well, it def he didn't say it to me, but I'm sure he probably said it like other people would say it. But um, like as at the time, like I just didn't realize um, I guess I didn't know enough about like the socializing to even know that I was terrible at it. Okay. I I'd get down the podcast and I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. But then like now I'm like, oh god, that must have been so hard to interview me and talk to me. <laughs> but it but is kind of weird too, right? Like I don't know. I, I you can tell me what you think about this. I don't really like the format of podcasts or like any sort. I don't know where it's like it's just interviewee, right? Like yeah. just constant question. Like having a conversation feels more natural, like better. Yeah, it's. Definitely way better to be a part of and also to listen to. Um, yeah, but like when I first started, like I didn't even realize that. I'm like, oh, a podcast is just a really long interview. He's gonna ask me questions and then I'll just say yes or no and then he <laughs> asks me another one. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like the conversation type of podcast more and something I've I really been trying to get better at and yeah. I think I'm I think I'm getting better. Yeah, I mean I think you're fine. I think you're doing great. <laughs> and also just talking to you, I wouldn't really guess that you're an introvert, you know? Yeah, I've, I've been trying. I mean, I like to think that like whatever I want to get better at, I can get better at it no matter what it is. Like 
a weakness in CrossFit or even just something in life where I yeah. identify like I'm not good at this area of my life and um, it really doesn't come natural to me and it's uncomfortable but it doesn't mean it's not something that I can't get better at and work on and yeah I mean just have to put the effort in and over time you can pretty much get better at anything just people just have to have that growth mindset I think it's cool that that you're you're willing to like have that conversation with yourself though and like kind of face it right like you notice that you were not the and I wouldn't know so I'm not saying this but you were like I'm not the greatest at doing the podcast thing or the interview thing I need to get better at it most people would just kind of like skirt through life and just be like fuck it they're gonna get what they get you know and you don't complain about it yeah exactly but I would see like athletes in the sport who was like they would have some success at the games you know like perennial games athlete getting the top 10 a few times but it's like I don't even know anything about them. I don't know their personality. They don't have a following. They don't have a brand. And I would see that in other sports too. And I'm like, well, that's gonna be me if I keep doing this. And I don't really want that to be me. I want to be marketable and be something that's viable to sponsors that I partner with. And like, I think, you know, I wasn't good at getting like my message out and things that I wanted to say, but I'm like, you know, I think I have some things to say and people and things that people can resonate with. And yeah. But like, you know, that's something that I don't want to look back after my career's over and be like, well, you know, I just worked out and didn't say anything and didn't really have an impact on anybody. And, um, you know, because when I compete and when I do an interview, I don't want it to just be like, oh, this is the things that I'm supposed to say. This, this is the things that everybody kind of says. <laughs> yeah. And like, I want to say something that like, you'll, you'll remember my interviews. You'll make, you'll feel, some, feel something when you see me compete or you hear my interview and see me talk and see the way that I live. And that's been something that I've been focusing on. You don't want to be like, come off like you're fucking media trained, dude. You know, like, <laughs> I like that, <laughs> like, especially your your uh, your post-workout interview where you were like, yeah, I saw that bullshit on the screen. Like, <laughs> I love that, dude, because, I, dude, some people that I've talked to, like, I'm not even going to use the podcast because, it's like, it's like pulling teeth to talk mm. to them where I can yeah. tell that, like, they're, like, faking whatever is happening. They're not giving genuine, like, conversation. It's like... You know, this right now, we can, we can like banter, we're talking, you know, but like some people I'm asking a question to, they answer the question, they're like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, dude, this is terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's like, um, yeah, I know like the things that I say are kind of, they're getting to be like outlandish, but it's the things that I think. And um, these are the conversations I've had with myself in the gym while I'm training and now I'm just saying them out loud and I don't want to kind of go through my career and be liked because of a, a fake personality that I showed everybody and they like to fake me. Yeah. I'd rather be the real me. And then, you know, some people are definitely not gonna like it, and, but I think a lot of people do, and the people that do like it, um, they really resonate with it and like it a lot. And I'll be somebody that they're not like, oh yeah, I know that guy and I, I follow him. They're like, yeah, I'm a fan of that guy. Cause yeah. I know who he is, and I know what he's about, and that's the real him and I can resonate with that. What are some of the things that you're like saying to yourself in the gym that you think people like, resonate with and some people won't like oh shit um i mean just like when i'm in the middle of like a hard workout or a long session and i'm just thinking like like damn it like i'm like it's late at night i've been farming all day i'm tired and my body hurts so i'm like these other guys aren't doing this and i'm just like i'm really just like talking trash in my head to those other athletes to like motivate myself and keep myself going through those sessions and it's like telling myself like you know, if they were here, they wouldn't be doing this. If they were in my shoes, they couldn't do it. And tell myself, like, I want to be, like, the hardest worker. I want to be the tough athlete, the gritty athlete. So that's kind of the things I'm telling myself. And 
trying to live that through my training and a lot of it is like it's like I'm writing a story in my head of who I want to be and the person that I want yeah. to become and then you know trying to be that because um like I think you know a lot of people it's like Savan says not to keep bringing him up um, you can bring him up as much as you want I love Savan it's like um like his whole thing like CEO like being the CEO of your life like at the end of the day there's something that you don't like about yourself or you know something that you want to become like you have control over that um like to an extent like obviously i can't become taller but i can you just gotta put a high to, platform shoes on that's it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah like i can use that to like write my own story i can be like you know i'm just a short athlete and that's why i couldn't make it to the games or i couldn't make it in this sport or i can say you know what my story is going to be the short athlete who is three inches smaller than the next shortest guy and he outworked them, outtrained them, outsmarted them, and he still got to the games. And even people said he couldn't do that. And but I think just how you frame things in your mind is—it's so crazy how big of a difference that can make. Dude, it's everything. So many of these athletes put like barriers on themselves because they're like, "I need to get in my Norma text. I need to get in my fucking ice bath." Like they're just, to be frank, being pussies. Yeah. Like writing a writing a story, like you're saying, writing a story that's not true. Like. <laughs> You've proved it. Pat Valner has proved it to an extent, too. <clears throat> I don't really know how many other athletes have, like, real full-time jobs, which are hands-on or whatever. But I've heard stories of athletes, like, crying because, like, one simple thing doesn't go their way. I'm like, dude, this is, number one, I understand that it's your passion, it's your sport and everything, but this is CrossFit. You're working out. Like, yeah. sack the fuck up and shut up. You know, do something about it. Figure it out. There's people who are, like, working real jobs, 9 to 5, and they're also trying to get it done. Exactly. I mean... Some people are just kind of delicate and we can get in our heads and like at the end of the day, this is a sport and this is something that I love to do. And I'm really grateful that I'm getting, I can make some income from this and hopefully do this full time someday. But I mean like they're, <clears throat> I don't know if I should, people are gonna hate me for saying this, but like everybody knows who we're talking about when like people are taking time off because they're, I don't know, from, they haven't told us exactly why, but we can only assume it's like, oh, they're feeling the pressure their mental health is not in a good space because they're worried about performance or whatever. Like pressure is like the single parent who's trying to put food on the table and pay their rent and their car just broke down. Like that's pressure and they're not taking a year off just to fucking relax and like you gotta understand how many people would love to be in the position that you're in and you know just grind and work for it and you know people that aren't really aligned with that um, you know I just it's not people that I look up to. No, I agree with you. I think that, um, like, now nowadays, people are just so soft, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, anything can break almost anyone now. It's like mm -hmm. so many people are privileged and don't understand exactly what you said, that people would die even to be in, like, even to be just in the position to be in the United States. Yeah. You know, just to be, like, have some sort of privilege to, like, have a job, have, mm -hmm. you know, one plate of food on the table. Like, there's people around the world that fucking are really going through it. Yeah. And some of these people, like, take it so for granted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, if you're making, you know, a significant, like, six figures to do this sport and, um, you know, the, the pressure's getting to you, like, yeah, it is hard and it is important to you. And, you know, you might go out there and you might fail, but at the end of the day, you're going to go home to your family. You're going to have a house. You're going to, they're driving a new car or whatever. And, like, life's pretty damn good. Like, last year when I was in the hospital for my autoimmune disease and like shit was kind of really bad in my personal life like I didn't know if I was ever going to be able to do CrossFit again didn't know if my eyesight was going to recover and if I could even farm again 
and like um, we're just like racking up medical debt at the same time I'm trying to build a house and we have that going on but it's like at the end of the day I'm like well I can just come home and hang out and like just be with my dogs and be with my family and like that's a life that I can live and be happy at the end of the day like those are the things that are important and everything else is just like pursuing on top of that yeah dude and it's also like if things do like you can have your time to like mope a little bit and, and like soak it in right when things do go bad but at the end of the day what are you gonna thanks what are you gonna do fucking sit there and cry about it mm. or are you gonna try to figure it out make the most out of the situation and some days are gonna suck some days are gonna be worse than others mm-hmm. but at the end of the day most times than not life is like you said pretty damn good yeah yeah it really is like yeah we're all gonna go through hardships and but like the bad days are like I just tell myself like it's okay. Yeah. Like I'm tired today, that's okay. Something hurts today, it's okay. I'm sad today, I mean that's okay. Like this shit happens, it's okay to like go through the struggle and go through some suffering. Yeah. Um you just have to know like it doesn't last. You just yeah. have to keep going and you know, things get better, then they get worse again, then they get better again. I mean it's just the ups and downs in light of life and like no matter what we do, even if you try to have like a, a super comfortable and easy life. And it does just like smaller things are going to be more detrimental to you. It's like if, if there's somebody that's like, yeah, I want to squat as much weight as I possibly can. And they can squat 700 pounds. And like an 800 pound deadlift would, or squat would be very heavy, but like a 500 pound squat would be pretty light. But somebody who doesn't work out at all or build strength, like 500 is impossible. Yeah. So it's just all relative. And that's like you can use that analogy to look at life. Like some people will take on challenges and try to kind of bulletproof themselves and become like tougher and the harder challenges in life is like it's not as heavy of a lift yeah or if you are always kind of like protecting that. yourself it then even a light lift can feel very bad i like that the way you put that that's really cool mm-hmm. yeah where do you think that you developed that kind of mindset let's can you point that oh, just a little bit more? Right. no you're good right. where do you think you developed that mindset um <clears throat> I mean, like, uh, just farming my whole life and then, like, wrestling in high school. It's, it's a tough sport, and I cut, like, a lot of weight, like, probably too much weight. And that was just, like, really hard mentally. Um, like, there were times I would go days without, like, eating or drinking anything to try and make weight. I just remember, like, my junior year is when it was, it was really hard. <clears throat> but, like, I kept telling myself, right, I got to quit. I got to quit. Like, okay, make weight Thursday for the meet, and then, I, then I'm done. Okay get through that make weight Saturday for the tournament and then I'm done but I just kept on going and going and after that season I was like fuck it like I could do anything <laughs> yeah. like even if I don't think I can do it now or don't know how I'm going to do it I know that I'll figure it out yeah. once I get there and I'm just be able to push through it it's like you started it so you have to finish right mm-hmm. yeah just yeah. like getting like to the brink of like breaking but just refusing to like okay just go like one more step and eventually just make it out hell yeah dude I love that I really like that um, let's go back a little bit. Uh, did you to like college and stuff like that? Did you know that you wanted to just work on the farm for the rest of your life? Yeah, that's that's really been the plan ever since I was a kid. I've really never had any um, interest in like a different career outside of the farm. Yeah, you know, I really love farming and you know raising animals and kind of being a caretaker to the land and to livestock and things like that. And you know, it's fulfilling work for me. And um, yeah, I really like it. And I love even the business aspect of it. I went to college for business with an emphasis in finance. Yeah. So that stuff's really interesting to me. And I'd, I'd love to, you know, just farm and take care of the business side of things. 
someday. And but um, yeah, like right now the goal is to just get to a point where I can train full time and then come back to the farm. Nice. And yeah, when I'm done, when I'm done competing. So why did you why did you end up going to college if you had like a family farm and you knew you wanted to do that for a career? Honestly, it's really like my dad just like had it in his mind like I need to go to college and get a degree and like honestly if I knew now what I knew then like it probably would have been a lot more effective or efficient to I mean like college is super expensive and honestly like the education is not like what I expected it to be like I didn't get to take all the classes I wanted to take because the college I went to like had to take so many classes outside of business or whatever like a percentage of your credits and it was like after college I kind of felt like I was really like missing out like I didn't get all the education I wanted so I just started reading a lot of books and like listening to audio books whenever I was at the farm working by myself really yeah and I, the first year after I graduated I listened and read over a hundred books whoa and I was like I should have just like done this instead of going to college really like <laughs> I should have just bought the textbooks and studied them by myself but um yeah, like the best thing about going to college for me was that I walked in at CrossFit Kilo and found that community of mentors and, you know, that who taught me like the mindset for my training and a lot of things about life. And that's where I met my girlfriend, Allison. And so yeah, that was a, that was the best part about going to college for me. It was just finding that gym. Nice, man. Um, it's interesting. I feel like wrestling and CrossFit <laughs> kind of go together really well like a lot of wrestlers that i've talked to, or like crossfitters that were previously wrestlers do really good in the sport mm -hmm. right because like i say this to like a bunch of parents because i train kids right um but i think wrestling is one of the best sports that you can put people in mm -hmm. because it like teaches grit you have to go through the weight cuts basically mm -hmm. with no matter what weight class you are there's a cut for it you know mm -hmm. And it's long hours. The coaches make you do really shit, really shitty work. On top of that, if you want to be an even better wrestler, like it's probably like you should do conditioning and weightlifting and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, how how much do you think that wrestling played into your CrossFit success? Um, I think it, it has everything to do with it. I laid the foundation for you know my mindset, my work ethic. Um, I mean just everything. I mean yeah, it's a grueling sport. It's a individual sport but even beyond that it's one-on-one -on -one. so you can you're competing directly against your opponent and that kind of mindset and it's uh it was hugely beneficial moving into crossfit where the training is even pretty similar where, like it's long it's grueling and you know you have a lot of workouts or training sessions where it's just like shitty grunt work and you just have to keep on going and yeah. like it's not one of those sports like not to dog on like anything else but i don't like basketball where it's like kind of flashy and like a lot more cool like wrestling is not very popular so like people aren't doing it because they're like oh i'm gonna be like the i'll be the, the cool kid in high school if i'm on the <laughs> wrestling team you know like yeah nobody really cares about that and crossfit's almost the same way i mean we're we love it in our own community but like outside of it like no one's super impressed like you're a crossfit athlete you just do it because of your intrinsic goals like i want to be the fittest on earth and i don't care even if nobody knows about earth there's no prize first at the end i want to be the fittest on earth and yeah. That's kind of the same mindset with wrestling. Cool, man. <clears throat> when you when you like get into CrossFit, when did it kind of become like real to you that this might be this might be it? This might be a thing for you. Um even before I actually went to the gym and started, I just saw CrossFit on TV and I knew like, all right, this is what I want to do. I want to compete and I was really committed from then. Um and there was really no other like path or plan. I knew like, okay, I'm going to go 
find a CrossFit gym and I'm going to start working out and I'm going to compete and I want to be a games athlete. And You knew really, before you even started. Yeah, it's wow. never deviated from it at all. I've, I've, I don't know, something for me, like, I've always been fortunate to kind of know what I want in life and what I want to achieve. And I've, I've never really set out on a path and be like, oh, I don't actually really like this. I've just been fortunate to be like, yeah, this is what I like and stick with it. That's fucking sweet. Yeah, a lot of people have no clue. Like, yeah. even once, even when they're, like, done with college, they're like, well, shit, I don't know what to do. So they become, like, a barista at Starbucks yeah. or some shit, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's been really fortunate. I mean, I think it's, it's hard for a lot of people, like, especially if you're someone who, like, maybe you spend most of your time in school. Like, you go to class, and you're just kind of, like, just trying to get by in your studies, and then you go party, and then at the end of your time in school, you're like, well, shit, I don't even know what I like to do outside of, like, hanging out, playing video games, and, like going out so I'm I think a lot of people kind of struggle with that and it's like you have to really always be thinking about your future and kind of what things you like to do but yeah, I mean it's hard for a lot of people to know what their path is going to be and also takes courage like once you get on a set path if you realize like it's just this is actually the wrong path for me it's hard for a lot of people to deviate and chase what they really want yeah how did you how did you develop the courage to like take the steps to be a full-time athlete or try do you consider yourself a full-time athlete? Like a couple times you've said like you want it to be, like you want to be full-time. Yeah, so I want to be able to just train full-time um, and not work on the farm right now. But um, financially, I don't have uh, the abilities to do that yet. But I mean, we're getting closer and yeah, I want to, so I'm not full-time right now, but I would love to be. And um, yeah, I think it started out, honestly, it was probably just like a little bit delusional of myself like um, looking back now, like if I saw me, I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, like you're kind of like out of your mind if you think you're gonna like go to the CrossFit Games and make a career out of this. But um, I just kind of had like, I don't know, I kind of had delusional belief in myself and end up working out. Delusional optimism. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it, it, so many people miss out on like dreams or opportunities because they're just like they may have the talent or whatever, but they just don't have that like the internal voice that's telling them that they can do something. Yeah, I think I think my success in wrestling in high school probably helped a lot because I saw like my first three matches, I went and got pinned in the first period on each of them. But then my senior year, I broke four school records and was undefeated until the state finals. So like I knew, Damn. like even if I suck at something right now, I can get better. And yeah. I just kind of took that same mindset and like okay maybe I suck at this right now but that doesn't mean I'm always going to I think a lot of people maybe haven't had that kind of experience in their life and um, they're just stuck in the mindset of like oh I'm not good at this that sucks I'm yeah. not good at that I don't have that talent or skill and then they maybe don't pursue it because they don't like believe like hey I can progress and I can learn and I can get better do you think that's a trained mindset a learned mindset or are you like kind of born with it Man, I don't know, like, I would like to think that you can learn it, but there's just so many people who are, like, so stuck in, like, the fixed mindset of, like, thinking that, oh, I'm not good at this, so I can never be good at it, but at the same time, I don't know, like, that's also kind of a easy excuse to fail, fail. Yeah. like, I just tell myself I can't, and then I don't have to try and maybe not be able to, so then it's easy, like, oh, I can't do it, so I won't. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't work out, so I'm not going to go to the gym, and then they don't have to feel like hey i'm making the choice to not do this thing that i know i should do i actually don't have a choice so i don't know it's hard to tell that's such a lazy like mindset too to just be like i can't do that whenever i hear people say that about like 
X thing. I'm like, why? Yeah, exactly. Why? And they're like, well, because of this or because, and I'm always like, it just sounds like a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of excuses. Like, yeah. if you just had the fucking, all you got to do is take that first step because, I mean, don't go do this, but like, you'll never know if you can fly if you don't try. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, there's just some things in life where like, you have to try it mm-hmm. in order to know if it's feasible. Yeah. I mean, it's just like so hard because like, you talk to those people and, like they just won't get through in their mind. Like I don't know if like they just don't want to because it's like would be difficult or if they just totally shut off to it or I mean I don't know. I mean, but it's yeah, it is frustrating just talking to those people because like you, I know you could be so much more or do so much more. Like this thing that you really want to do, I know that you could do it like eventually. But I mean, it's just hard getting them in that right mindset. Do you think part of like that is people? I have this theory that like. There, there's a difference between like I would like to have and I want to have right yeah. or I want to be or I would like to be and yeah. what I think the difference is like people tell themselves a story about themselves in their head and it's like not not true right so mm-hmm. like they would say uh, I want to be a business person or I want to start this thing and like it's like they never do it but it's because, no, it's because that's something that you would like to have. It's not important enough for you to actually go chase it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's a lot of people who would like to be games athletes, but they like going to the bar on the weekend more, you right. know, or things like that. And so, I mean, like at the end of the day, you kind of get whatever you want most in life. Like if you want to achieve your goals more than you want to go out and party, then you're probably going to achieve your goals. But if you say that you really want this, but actually you're going out and wasting your time doing those other things well to me that says you want those other things more yeah so i mean yeah it's just like yeah it's just a big mindset thing yeah it's interesting dude so tell me about the wiener dogs how'd you get into that um yeah just kind of like crossroads like i just knew i wanted wiener dogs and (laughs) okay about five of them within like like um maybe six weeks of each other and they were all puppies and we got one dog Otis and he's the male of the of the of the pack and we have four females Mabel, Millie, Margo and Martha. And yeah, we're just raising wiener dogs and they're they're, they're better than I expected. I just like I also like knew like oh there's a funny looking dog like they're long <laughs> and super short and it's kind of like me they have like long torsos and short legs. So like that's cool but they yeah. just, they have really good personalities and they're really funny and goofy dogs and just like love to cuddle and be around you but also like you can let them outside and then they'll go sniff around in the trees and whatnot and so yeah they're just a lot of fun and yeah we're trying to have a, a couple litters each year and we just raise they're our pets we raise them in our home so it provides people with an alternative like um you know there's the big talk about people want to get rid of puppy mills and like adopt don't shop it's like that's great but if you, it's not solving the problem you know like people these dogs are still coming from puppy mills and if you want to end that, you have to provide an alternative in the market, and so that's kind of I'm trying to be a part of that. And like, if you want a you want a Dotson puppy, and you want it where it's raised in someone's home, and all the dogs have great lives and it's well socialized and everything, then you can get it from me. You don't have to go to a puppy mill. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so you guys actually breed them. Yeah. But how do how do you even like how do you get into that? Like, is there like uh-huh. licensing stuff that you have to do? <laughs> like, yeah. So. Um, it took a lot of research, but like if, if you have a certain number of dogs or puppies per year, then you have to get licensed. We're well below that number. It's really more for like a puppy mill system. 
Um, so we don't have like nearly the amount of dogs or like number of litters to get certified. So it's just, we have the dogs registered with like the, the AKC or the ACA or whatever they are. And uh, we can sell the registered puppies. All of our dogs have been DNA tested to screen for genetic health risk in the puppies because that was you know, important to us. We didn't want to be breeding dogs and like, you know, these dogs keep on like having bad eyesight or having bad hip joints or something like that. And so all of them have come back healthy and yeah, I just started having puppies and advertising it and yeah, people like them. Nice, man. I just, I, I'm just so like, so, so fascinated with how you even have the time to do all these things. So if you guys watch Colton's YouTube channel or like, I th maybe you post some of it on Instagram, right? Like a little bit. You told me the other day you, you built your house. You're yeah. building a dog house. I saw you built a rig. You're a farmer and you're doing CrossFit. How do you actually manage to like split up your time accordingly so you can handle all these different avenues? Um, I mean, I just, I don't like, I honestly don't have any friends because I just don't have time to go see them. Yeah. Like um, even like my, my best friends in the world, I see them like once every two or three years. And, but I'm, I'm pretty happy and content with my life with just like training and working and farming and doing all this stuff. And I like to stay busy. I don't, I don't really enjoy, like, if I have a free day, I, I don't like to, uh, like, kind of hang out and watch Netflix or whatever. It's just, it's not what really gives me, um, like, satisfaction. So, like, I remember, like, we're building the house. Like, I would do a workout, then go hang some drywall, do another workout, and hang some more drywall. And just, like, I just kept kind of telling myself that if I do a little bit every day, eventually there'll be a time when it is done. But I just keep on, like, trying to be consistent with it. And yeah. just, like, spend all my free time kind of working and trying to get as much done as I can. And now that the house is built and the, the gym is all pretty much done, we'll have a little more free time to train and get some recovery in. So that should help with this next season. That's awesome, man. Yeah, the, the common theme that it seems like in your stories and in your life is like dedication, being consistent, and just doing what the fuck you say you're gonna do. Yeah. So yeah, I can really appreciate that, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you hopping on the show. Thanks for your time. Um, I've been looking forward to this one, dude. I think that this yeah. is going to be a cool thing uh, for people to see, just kind of get a different side of Colton Mertens. So. Yeah, I'm glad I got to hop on. I saw you hanging out with the Paper Street crew on Instagram and see the clips and stuff. So yeah. I'm glad that we finally got to meet here at Waterpalooza and do a podcast. Man. Oh, yeah, Good. dude. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on again. All right, guys, like, subscribe, plug everything that you want to plug. Yeah, just Colton Mertens on Instagram and find me on YouTube. And yeah, that's about it. And use his codes for everything. Yeah. Help this boy. Help support this boy. Drink some Paper Street coffee. Drink some Paper Street coffee. There we go. Thanks, dude. Awesome. Thank you, man. Dude, that was awesome.